Hello and welcome to the More About Jesus podcast. My name is Al Martins and I'm here with my cousin. I am Daniel Dunbar. Daniel Dunbar. The the one and only. We're just two working guys that really love Jesus a lot. And we've realized over time that the more we deal with Jesus in our lives, the more we apply Jesus and his teaching to our lives and try to live out the kingdom, the better things get. Uh, not that our lives are perfect, but uh, we want our Christianity to be more than just churchy stuff. We want it to be more about Jesus. Yeah. There you go. I did that off the cuff. Was that decent? That was actually pretty good. I like that. That was, that was a pretty yeah, good one. I that all the time. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm never going to do that. I can't do it. I tried and I feel too mechanical if I write all down an intro. <laughs> that one that one was pretty good though that one like nailed it that was awesome so, but i had to wander around a bit till i could get to the point where i ended my sentence with more about jesus yeah that was that was a good wander though i'll give that that was a good wander <laughs> so i've been making up this stuff for years <laughs> not really and we have we all been making it up i don't know <laughs> i don't know christians can be pretty good at doing that stuff pretending like everything's a certain way when it's not yeah yeah but that's a whole nother ball of that's wax. another story ball of wax <laughs> bag of worms that's a whole nother it's another monkey in circus it's <laughs> another monkey with circus. another bag of monkeys yeah that's what isn't that that's an expression right funner than a bag of monkeys a barrel of monkeys i thought it was barrel of monkeys remember yeah, the game like barrel that. of monkeys Oh, that was a deadly game. That was a deadly game. You have to like pick Speaking up. Speaking of games, I had to I have to give a quick warning. It's not behind me, I don't think. My son bought uh a deluxe electronic Jumanji game. Oh. Uh, we have another wooden one that it's kind of decent. I'd give it like a six out of ten or something, like it's an okay game. Okay. Um, but this one this one, I give it a minus one out of 10. This deluxe one with the electronic thing in the middle that you press and it's supposed to be. It was one of my worst gaming experiences ever. <laughs> it was so confusing. The instructions are terrible and it's just a. They yeah. just threw it together. Yeah. I, I, I think so bad. Yeah. One I'm time... not here to diss stuff generally, but I just want to save someone some money. Just don't buy that because it's going to be a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, because there was another movie that came out after the first Jumanji that was like they were going through space or something like that. It was a similar thing with a game that they were playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we My got... kids liked that when they were little. I, I I think that one was pretty good, if I remember. But The movie was? The board game? Like... Sucked. Oh, we... yeah. The movie was good. <laughs> <laughs> we played the board game once. That was it. And it was just That's like... too bad. This actually sucked pretty bad because <laughs> i think the board game was trying to follow the movie too much and didn't oh, just yeah, yeah. didn't want to be its own thing right i think they just make it to make money or whatever eh? yeah that's totally what it was and it was just it was so bad it was so does bad. your family have a favorite board game that you go back to or <clears throat> i would say um no we actually have a card game we go back to yeah, we've we've got a card game that we play a lot, um, especially when we have people over and stuff, because you can do like with uh, six to eight people at a time. 
Oh, that's cool. And you can have a lot of fun with it. It's called Sticks. Um, we did find another game uh, that, well, because this game was somebody, one that somebody had brought to us. And you just have like, um, it's it's almost like um, Rummy mm-hmm. or something like that. But on your, like, you, like, like a you, matching thing or yeah, making but, sets. Yeah. So you make sets or you make pairs or you make. Uh, sets and stuff like that and you have sticks that that's you want to get you want to get like your what you're trying to achieve is written down on the stick and then when you get that then um you can either win the round or whatever and so you play with about six or so decks of cards so which is why you can have six to eight people and you have like 15 cards oh it's just with actual playing cards yeah yeah with actual playing cards so it's a it's a lot of fun. It's one that we one that we go to all the time. Yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. That's those are the kind of games. Sometimes uh, when I, in the nerd world, like where like in LTN, we have games like this behind me all the time. But the people sometimes forget about good games like Crib. Like I just play Crib with my dad. He plays it forever, over oh, and yeah. over and over. Or Canasta or things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Well, I'm gonna check that out. Stick. Um, Do you ever play Big Boss, Little Boss when you're in in like youth group? Oh yeah, yeah. We actually we played that at um, we played that on New Year's with some friends. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a that was a good or one. Dutch Blitz, Dutch Blitz. To, oh, you need just four people for that. Oh yeah, yeah. When I was uh, yeah, we were just talking about before, but I, I in the early '90s, I was uh, junior high part-time pastor at a church I was attending and because the youth group was super big booming like he didn't have he couldn't put his attention so they hired another guy to just do junior high and they did a life-size Dutch blitz like so they had cards that were like huge oh geez that's huge in the gym (laughs) with kids like so there's four teams oh my and they're just Kids running around with these giant Dutch Blitz cards <laughs> that's screaming and free. Oh, you want chaos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's was like, pretty wild. Um, or playing spoons at, at youth group, where there's like the um, you, you, there's only a certain number amount of spoons in the center, and then when the person goes out with their cards, then yeah, ha- everybody has to grab a spoon as quickly as you can, or else you're. Oh, out I of never the game. played that. Yeah, well, that that wild. one was that like, one was brutal. I mean, there was almost chairs. fist fights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over a spoon, Scratching. right? Because then two people grab the same spoon and then they're wrestling over it. So, because then as people wow. go out, you take out another spoon, and so then it's just it's like musical chairs, but a card game. Yeah. I don't think we even have a go-to game now. We have lots of games. Yeah. It depends who's playing. My wife likes certain type of games. I like certain type of games. There's a few that we all like, but mm-hmm. if it was up to me, I'd play Dice Throne all the time. Dice Throne. Yeah, it's amazing. I've heard of it. Simple yeah. to learn. Very fun. Yeah. We've I don't got know how f- we got on board games, but we did. That's yeah. pretty good. Just a couple of nerds. But other than uh so yes. How was your week? Like uh, you said, you had more desolation this week. More desolation over the last two weeks. And actually, uh, I was just thinking of it uh, the last time we did the podcast and I was coughing 
the plague entered our house. <laughs> it's like, oh. even, even though I had tested negative, like the day before, it was like, I tested again on Saturday and it's like, nope, you've got the plague. <laughs> so, uh, my, my daughter yeah, and I my I think that Omicron's going to go everywhere before it's done. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter and my son, well, what tipped it off was that my daughter came home and she's like, I haven't been able to taste or smell anything all day. And like, we just got over our colds. And it's like, we were both feeling great. So she tested, she tested positive. So I tested and it was a very, very faint positive line on the test thing. Everybody mm-hmm. else in the house tested negative. And it's like, okay. And then, so we were making arrangements. Cause like I had to do a lot of stuff at church the next day. Cause that's what I do on Sundays is mm-hmm. all the recording and stuff like that. All the technical stuff. And then I tested on Sunday morning and I was negative. So who knows how long I had had it. And then Monday morning, uh, our son who lives with us, uh, he tested positive and he, he had the fever, but so yeah, we had the plague run through our house as well. So, but Brandy never got it cause, um, she does have all four of the, uh, of the, uh, vaccinations. So cool. And she never got it at all, which is, which is a big answer to prayer for us. Uh, because she is yeah, immune, for sure. she is immune compromised. So yeah, that's that's like huge that uh that uh that didn't happen to her. So and then yeah, more more uh deaths in with friends and still walking through a lot of grieving and stuff with other people. So yeah. That's yeah, it was uh uh, fairly. Yeah, I think we both had some desolation. I shared some of it on my Twitter. I won't be sharing it here, but yeah, um, just things that go on in our lives. I think that it it builds up. I just thought of that, you know, like um, the longer you live, the more chance there are some of this crap happening, and it's just going to build up. And if you care at all about people, it's going to weigh on you. It's going to if you have empathy then it it sometimes your heart's going to be broken mm-hmm. that's the way it is yeah and if anything it helps us to be better friends but yeah. some days i'm tired of it some days i'm just tired of it just like my job like now i have more hope so my t- last two weeks have been slowly getting more hopeful and um i'm not like super happy or nothing but I have my moments, <laughs> so I mean that's a good step, you know. When you you've gone through some mourning and and uh, you're you know just uh, kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, once you start, and it comes with the spring. So I don't know. I see what people mean about. Uh, I used to think seasonal affective disorder was just for loonies, no. but I <laughs> I don't ever I don't think that anymore. I. I you know, like that was the old version of me that was always so judgy about those things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, it can totally affect your mood. Oh, totally, right? And like, yeah, so like this last week as well, this past week, so that was two weeks ago. So this past week was also my birthday. Um, And so now I'm 47 years old. And um, uh, we had some friends over for a barbecue and... Yeah, so that was that was great to be able to stand outside and be in the sunshine and have a barbecue. So, you know, that that whole um, uh, seasonal affective disorder, sad, um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you're standing outside with friends and you're having a barbecue and stuff. That's just like it's that's healing in itself. I think so. You know, meat and mm-hmm. fire, and because I'm a meatitarian, so. I noticed today that I need to grow in my conversation skills. So I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, COVID and all the things in my life have taken some of that away from me maybe or i'm a new person and i i I really have a hard time with small talk Mm. so i've been doing my last two weeks i've been doing lots of dumping trucks so uh, receiving in the plant so farmers bring in their product and then i put it into the plant yep and a lot of them come out and want to talk and uh i'm finding that it's hard sometimes (laughs) where it never used to be (laughs) Sometimes I just like, I, I just want them to go away and just leave me alone. Go sit in your truck. Let me listen to my music. Because mm. I don't want to answer your questions like, uh, so what's the weather like? Or uh, what about those crop prices? Or whatever the same things they all talk about yeah. that effing Trudeau or whatever Sports they want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I used to be good at doing that. So. I want to find my way back to that. Mm. I think I even shared that a while back on my Twitter about how even now that I'm trying to integrate myself into a church body again a little bit, whatever capacity that is. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time answering the question, uh, how you doing? Well, I don't actually. I want to be honest. Let's say, you know what? I've had a really crappy time, but I'm doing better. I feel like more I start explaining how I'm doing. Yeah. And you can just see their face go blank. Because it's like, I didn't expect you to just do that. I expect <laughs> you to just say, great, and then move on to the next person. It's right? great. That's what I'm we doing do. awesome yeah, that's what we today. Do. They don't actually, and there are genuine people that really care, and they really want to know how you're doing and all that. I'm not saying that everyone's, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a societal thing, a social thing that we say. Yeah. And I'm not good at that stuff I'm finding anymore. I'm sure there's others that are finding the same thing after COVID. We're integrating into society again and coming out of our little caves. And <laughs> The wild animal that was separated from its <laughs> tribe for two years has finally emerged from his cage. He looks around and has no idea how to make conversation anymore. <laughs> I want to do, I wish we, if right now I need that music from Hinterland, Who's Who, you know, they used to have on CBC. <laughs> I was thinking more David Attenborough myself, but hey, you know. You know, you know those little vignettes they used to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, about the beaver. The beaver. <laughs> the beaver makes it. Yeah. Oh, those are good. Well, that's a Canadian, the- uh, Canadian uh, deep cut there. Yeah. And probably a generational deep cut. I don't think my kids have ever hinterland who's who. Google it. It'll be on there. Bing it, actually. Now, that's my new expression. I got to give Frostbite the credit for that, that I heard him talking about it. Because no one says bing it. Ah, that's true. But that's, yeah, I'm going to make it work. All right, duck, duck, go it. Depending on which browser (laughs) you use. Anything else you want to chat about? Before we get on with things, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that that um, like that that thing about the the honest honest conversation. I did have one of those with with somebody who came to our church. And I asked him how mm-hmm. he was doing, as because I haven't seen him for a while, and he's like actually doing pretty crappy. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
And so we actually had a, a good, honest conversation because he's like, he's, he works at a school as a teacher slash principal. And, and, uh, he's like, people are just angry all the time now it seems. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I can remember. Um, that's that, that, that was another thing that, that came out of, uh, uh, with COVID, um, because a lot of people are online and there's a lot of anonymity online. So for two years, you could do or say whatever you wanted. And so a mm-hmm. lot of people just wound up with their opinions being the most important thing that they thought was out there. And they became angry. And that's carrying over into the real world now. So it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to work. No, and it's and I've been finding that face everywhere. To face. That, yeah, a lot of people are angry all the time now. And it's like, maybe Ooh. this is why. I don't know. But, well, this is our chance to do better, eh? That's yeah. why I, I I took that massive social media break. And uh, just to set my focus again and get out of that. I make sure it's like a cold turkey. Get out of that mm-hmm. world where I'm always uh, uh, a crusader or whatever, fighting and using media to create a, you know. Yeah. This, yeah, but what about my rights and what I think about this thing? Yeah. Grr. Yeah, no, I feel it. I, as an ex-angry person, um, I know what that's like. Hmm. Hmm. There was a Glenn Kaiser song on one of his blues albums called Angry Man. Hmm. It's a good blues song, but it, it's just like a prayer about not being an angry man. And I, I that one hit me back, whatever it was. Because I did spend too much time as an angry man. Oh yeah, that's sad. But that's hey, that was last topic, two topics ago. Yes, we have a new exciting topic today that everyone loves to talk about. Everybody loves to talk about this. <laughs> let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about yeah, you right. and me. I'm gonna put all the hashtags and, and <laughs> tag that because I know I'll get lots of hits. I remember your brother. Uh, so Doug did a sermon series where he did actually post a video or something yeah, with yeah. sex in the title. And uh, Boom! He, men- he mentioned how many, how many listens he got eh, on that. Oh, yeah, His yeah. sermons would have a certain amount. And this yeah. one just had a million hits, but then it all dropped off as soon as they found it. Not as one of them sermon. listened to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> what did the metrics say? We're done at 30 minutes or, you know, we're done in 30 seconds. That's what the metrics are saying. You know, what's, what's your listener? Yeah. yeah. That was one thing I noticed even with our own, with, with my church's uh, YouTube page is like the majority of watchers are logging out after 30 seconds. I'm like, that's the intro music. Okay, I'm cutting the intro music right out of there. That way some people will actually get something if they're going to log out in a minute. Right? Ooh. Just go straight to the straight to the sermon and just hit it right from there. So, just boom. Yeah. Yeah, cuz just just looking at the metrics and now now most people are watching past the 6 minute mark before they log out. So Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, okay, so my know. intro music just really sucked, I guess, and just turned everybody off. <laughs> I like our intro music, which you wrote, by the way. No, it's just something. Now it's legendary. Now it's now legendary. it's on the internet forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll never go away. 
You should have made it a PDF or whatever that is. MDF, MP. NFT. Non fictional tea I'm holder. Such a dumb word. Yeah. Non <laughs> non fictional tea holder, also known as a coffee cup. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to do a quick disclaimer before I read this passage because it's. It's going to get into a topic of, like we said, sex, lust, and adultery. But this isn't going to be about uh, adultery. It's not going to be about being judgmental. It's not going to be accusational. At least for my part. I mean, and, and I'm assuming I, from what I know of your heart, I don't think it would be. So this isn't a preachy time for us to say, you guys all suck. Here's what the Bible says. Stop sucking. It's going to be an honest talk about something that's a, an epidemic, I think, in our society. Um, uh, we're not going to quote a bunch of stats about uh, how much percentage of whatever men or women in the church watch porn or whatever. You guys know all that stuff. You know it's a problem in the world, not in... It's just as bad in the church. Like it's everywhere. So we're not doing that. I, I don't want to do it anyway. I don't want to do stats and stuff that we want to look at this scripture verse. And at the end of this, it is my desire that we would have uh, more hope for the future. But that's, that's my spiel. Mm -hmm. That's a good spiel. Can there be hope? Can there be hope in the world? Okay, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. We're continuing in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 27 to 30. And to set the context, he just talked about anger, how even if you call someone an idiot, you're guilty of murder, basically. It's the same thing. And he's doing another one of those things now. Uh, you've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. There you go. Oh, we're going to stop right there, eh? Ooh. I think that's the whole lust thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because then after that, doo -doo 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 -doo, is divorce. That's the next section on that one. So, <clears throat> did you want to hear it in the think? message or what? Yeah, actually I do because the NLT has this, your eye, even your good eye. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure why they chose to do that. Ah. Besides uh, the good eye or the your stronger hand. Mm. Okay. Um, fun fact, when you get your prescription for your glasses, you have your OS and your mm -hmm. OD, right? 
Because your left eye is your OS. Yeah, one of your eyes. Well, everyone has different, but there's one eye that focuses. No, no, no. But uh, here, or just, one one eye is the center one or whatever, just, right? Just, just a second. Your left eye, the OS, is called the Oculus Sinister. Oh. oh. And then yeah, we 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 googled <laughs> we googled binged that last. Well, we didn't bing. We don't bing. We Google. We Google in my family because we're old school. We're old old souls here. <laughs> <laughs> we we went on the whole thing of like, what the heck is the Oculus Sinister like? And then and it went down to like the left is sinister. The left is wasn't evil. that uh, that was Tool's second album, Oculus Sinister, wasn't it? Oh, maybe. What I don't know. I'm joking. And then the other one is Oculus. I just made that up. The the right one is called Oculus Dexter. So I just like (laughs) the sinister. So if you're giving somebody the evil eye, you're looking at them with your left eye. Oh, and you make it look more evil because your ring light just was centered perfectly when you did that. Oh, (laughs) perfect. That was totally by mistake. Not intentional at all. I didn't do that in intention. (laughs) Which is really funny. Okay. From the massage, you know the next commandment pretty well, too. Don't go to bed with another spouse. But don't think you've preserved your your preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Those leering looks you think nobody notices, they also corrupt. Let's not pretend this is easier than it really is. If you want to live a morally pure life, here's what you have to do. You have to blind your right eye in the moment you catch it in a lustful leer. You have to choose to live one-eyed or be dumped on a moral trash pile. And you have to chop off your right hand the moment you noticed it raised Threaten, threateningly better a bloody stump than your entire being discarded for good in the dump uh, well it's on a side note <laughs> before we dig in um he's more accurate in, in regards to dump than than the word hell is hell is a word that people have invented i don't want to be heretical or nothing but that's just biblical truth that's scholarly truth that there's different words in the bible uh like the place of the dead and those things and despite and i'm not going to argue about what hell is or not but that word hell itself it conjures up something different and it might not be the word it's not like a fire he's talking about here it means probably Trash heap is fine, or the place of the dead. Hmm. Just on the side. But I don't want to. That's a whole nother thing. I don't have the Hebrew one in front of me, so I don't know. <laughs> in case <laughs> someone's wondering why he says trash heap. That's not so wrong. Oh, but that sounds, um, that sounds okay. pretty extreme, doesn't it? Yeah, it's still pretty. I mean, so um, right off the hop. Um, is this even reasonable for Jesus to expect that of people? You can't even look at a woman lustfully. 
Or do you want to get rid of the whole gender thing right away, too? We can get into that. Because Jesus is specific here. But I don't, I, I think I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily, and like I said, we're not getting into stats. No. I think we can safely say uh, if a person looks at another person lustfully. Yes. Then, it, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should start off with what is lust? What is lust? What does that mean even? Yeah. So uh, there, um, there is... A man will notice a woman, a woman will notice a man. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we go by the 80 percentile of people out there, right? Um, in because uh, that's called uh, what is it? Sexual, not desire. Oh, I had the word earlier and I can't remember what it was. Um, Anyway, it's in order, you know, you, you will notice, uh, like I will notice a woman, right? Because of genetics and DNA, whatever, um, because you, uh, the way that God is made man and woman is to procreate. So we have to be able to find a mate so our genetics our dna our our evolution even if you want to say is the fact that you always look right now lusting on the other hand is where you look a little longer and then in your mind you start going into bed with a person that's lust not just sexual awareness i guess you would say would you would you agree with that statement Yes, wholeheartedly. And, uh, yeah, when I get to the point where I'm going to share lots, that's for sure something I'm talking about. Like, uh, um, I guess we could dig into it now. There's no time like the present. You led into it perfectly. Um, it was revolutionary for me. This will be the only story I tell. The same pastor, actually, I mentioned, the one from Saskatoon when I was working as a uh, junior high part-time pastor. Mm -hmm. um, he, we were having a meeting. And actually, I still remember. It was at Alexander's. It's not called that now. It was a pretty nice little restaurant. You know how big churches, they have the pastors go out and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I experienced that. I'm like, ooh, this is nice. They pay for us to have a fancy lunch. <laughs> Anyways, it was at that lunch where he shared with me something about lust that I'd never heard before mm. in my whole life. He said, there's nothing wrong with noticing a woman. Noti and you use that word to notice. Notice. Um, that's how we're made, he said. It's what you do with after the noticing that's wrong. And... Uh, that blew my mind because I felt guilty my whole life for noticing uh, the female form. Mm. And it took some time, but it's it revolutionized your thing. And I think this is the first step, the biggest key to finding hope and help if you have uh, a lust problem.
is to first allow yourself to be normal and say, it's not wrong that I noticed that girl is very attractive because that's the way God made her. He made her beautiful and you noticed it and you might even like it. But that's not lusting until you want it for yourself. Unbridled sexual desire. It's like, okay, I'll, um, there's true terms we could use, but I'm not going to use them. But the kind of things that dudes say, you know? Yeah. When they see a girl and they want to. They're like, those I'd, things. I'd hit that. You've crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tapped that. Right? Right. All those horrible things. So those are, that's the world I live in with the people I've worked with for years. Yep. It's unbridled sexual desire it's all they talk yes. about it's all they think about so that's the area we don't want to get to but i think i felt guilty for noticing for so long that and and to be honest if we bring the devil into it that's when he grabs you mm -hmm. and says oh you're such a pervert yeah yeah There's you notice that girl has giant boobs you're such a bad person <laughs> right and that's not the truth. Satan will try to make you feel guilty and then you stay trapped in that. And yes, I don't know. I really think that's the first step to overcoming. Yes. And it works and it, it works both ways, right? Not just, not just men leering at women, right? Women leer at men too. Mm -hmm. Shocker. If, if, if you didn't know that, so. I think sometimes people compare, but, um, yeah, I don't see the, I don't see the worth in that. Even from a, as a Christian feminist, from, from that perspective, I would say it's more harmful to, because, um, the perspective a lot of people have towards feminists is that that we hate men everyone hates men it's always attacking men mm -hmm. and it's not really that it's not really that not uh, for really people that are truly christian feminists there are feminists yeah. that are just uh maybe but that in any movement there's some people that take it to extreme and yep and have a bad reputation i mean hey we're christians and i'm i'm actually ashamed to use the word christian i have to explain it if someone says are you a christian i'll say well just a second <laughs> i don't what do you mean by christian right because there's a lot of different views of what a christian is uh, from the world's perspective there are yeah I'm, uh, I'm not gonna go nowhere with a sign and bash people on the head and say they're going to hell just so yeah. you know that's yeah yeah not the Christianity I oh okay okay so it's the same with with that I think mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I I I think that's um that's yeah stumbling over my words and that's not good um so yes that's I right. I believe that um there are different where was i going with this i totally lost my train of thought i apologize well men and women are different but they we can we can't we can't put it on just one sex and say yeah no 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 and uh, it's yeah. a per person everyone has their own stuff to deal with it yeah. doesn't matter yeah and and you know before i would say before 15 20 25 30 years ago 
right? Men were more of the uh, uh, sexual predators, I would say. As far as I mean, they're the still dating, out there. We're not. The, we're definitely not seeing. There's no such thing as a male sexual predator. But no, no, no. I'm, it, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying predator in 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 like he's going to physically harm you to get what he wants i'm saying as far as like he's the guy buying the drinks he's you know the guy you know oh yeah yeah seeking that se- sexual seeking relationship. I, i'm saying i'm saying predator in the t- in the term of like uh like trying to coerce Hunter. a woman into into his arms and into his bed right mm-hmm. whereas whereas now the roles have almost been reversed it's more and and so I, I I really I really wanted to understand this. Um, I didn't want to be mansplaining anything here. Um, uh, I actually asked uh, my my wife and my daughter uh, on this topic, and uh, and um, my daughter just just came out of um, three years of uh, of college. And she was the designated driver for a lot of the friend for a lot of her friends um, to and from the bars. And she says, "You when you're in the bar and you see it, and you see how these like there's there's your work clothes and then there's your dancing clothes." And and she said, like a lot of girls in the college will dress a certain way to make sure that they do get noticed because the girls have one thing on their mind. And she says, 10 out of ten." Girls are savages. They're, they are they are they are worse than the guys at times when it comes to that. So the roles have been reversed within our society, and and I've I've known that's been happening, but to actually have a little bit of con- confirmation on that, um, yeah, it's just it's just become you know, sex has become such a prevalent part of our society now that is no longer just for a married couple. Yeah, it's just a thing. I mean, yeah. I think we can agree that pornography is wrong. I don't want to yes. throw anyone there. Um, and it's it's everywhere and it's a thing. And uh so yeah, and it's I think it's I mean, I guess you said roles are reversed, but I I don't have enough perspective to know because I don't know stats and I don't know everyone's heart, but I think it's fair enough to say that equally men and women have this problem. Yes. Like men haven't had it. They're not any less perverted than they were in the past, at least from my experience. It's just, but I haven't interacted with women to know. So hearing a perspective from a woman that, that it's, it's a real thing. It's more out in the open now, if anything, right? It's just, it's all out in the open. Because, I mean, and it goes down to, um, you know, you look at the advertisings. That's even on, like, the sides of buses, the sides of businesses, the sides, you know, billboards or anything like that. Scantily clad women or, like, really buff dudes to sell things. It's like a scantily, scantily clad woman is selling a watch. What's up with that, right? But it's because yeah. sex does sell, and our 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 commerce has known that for quite a while. I mean, even with all the women liberation movements, even with the the equality and all the stuff that you've been hearing about within 
um, uh, Hollywood, right? All the scandals and everything else that have been coming out with Epstein and everybody else. And, and why, uh, who was the other guy, the director or the producer, um, who was put to jail for a long time. And then everybody's coming out with, you know, all, all the, all the actors and actresses are coming out with all the, all the things where they were, you know, the casting couch, um, Mm -hmm. was a thing. And, and the sexualization of people on the screen and, you know, it's still happening, even though they've been having all this anti that it's still happening on the screen because it sells. I mean, so, I mean, the apostle Paul wrote against the Greek culture, which was highly sexualized. They had temple prostitutes and all those kind of things. Yeah. And there's very clear scriptures on, on not living your life. In sexual immorality. Yeah, that was yeah, in our the world uh, is Corinthians, like in the first in the first book of Corinthians. Yeah, there's so yeah. many. Like there's that's and I think we have it clear, but are we as a church doing a good job at keeping that out of our lives? Um, I think we're good at hiding it. And like I said, we're not gonna talk about people having an affairs and stuff. We know what happens. I'm sure that everyone listening to this has had uh someone in their life have something happen. But what Jesus is driving home is that it's not we're not talking about the act we're talking about where it starts yes and it starts in your heart mm-hmm. and how can we compete with that his suggestion is that we cut our eyes out and chop our hands off to go to <laughs> I don't think drastic measures yes <laughs> I don't think he's being literal obviously this is one of those cases where uh, people who say I always read your Bible, take it literally. Everything is literal. <laughs> well, no. God, Jesus is not mm-hmm. saying actually gouge your eye out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was. I think it was more, more like an aside to, you know, the people that are there. It's like, really? You know, well, if you can't stop, gouge out your eye. And if you really can't yeah. stop touching yourself, chop your hand off. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you feel whoa. that that with the hand, that's what he's suggesting there? I'm totally thinking that. Uh, I've heard some other pastors yeah, say, say this, and they're like, no, 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 no. It's like this, you know, the message I think had it wrong is like, don't raise your hand up against an anger and stuff like that. He wasn't talking about anger here. He was talking about sex and adultery and lust. He was not yeah. talking about anger yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about the M word. He was, yeah, he, yeah, chewing. I mean, mastication. I mean, masturbation. Yes. Yeah, there I went there. I went there. I totally did. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I think that's kind of clear. Yeah. Um, but so he's obviously not suggesting we do like like mutilate ourselves. Um but what is it we can do and what uh, what yeah. what's your take on what how to battle this? Uh okay, my take on how to battle this. Um this is uh this or is... vic- have victory. I mean, uh, I'll, before you say something, I'll say one more thing quick. Okay. I've been in a bunch of men's group things. Mm-hmm. One of them was uh, Promise Keepers, uh, don't hate me, uh, back in the day. And they, the guy was, he went on and on for an hour about this and about sin and lust. And it was so hopeless and pathetic mm-hmm. in the sense that I was just tired of hearing it. Like at the end. At the end, finally, I asked, I'm like, is there ever any hope? Like, can we, is there any ever a man who doesn't always struggle with this his whole life? Or are we just always going to be pathetic? And he had no answer. 
And I I just don't like that hopeless approach because I think, mm. and when it's my turn to share, I'll, I'll share why. But it, I don't think it should be seen as hopeless. I don't think Jesus would put us in that position where we don't have a chance of doing better. Yeah. But anyway, share your stuff. Yeah. So um, is there hope? Absolutely. There's hope. There's hope in healing. And now it does take a while to go through that. Now, um, my addiction to pornography, because I was addicted to pornography, started probably when I was about seven years old. So that's young. Right. And that's that's um, friends finding magazines and reading them even at seven years old. Right. And and it, what it does. And, and here's the thing that I found out later on through some courses that I took, uh, uh, took in about, about pornography, sexual desire, and what it does to the brain. So your hormones start working and inside your brain, you know, I've got a nice shiny head here so you can see my brain pretty good. <laughs> uh, so what it starts doing is, is it starts connecting points because the, the, the chemicals that are with all of that, all the dopamines and stuff um, are really strong. And so it starts connecting your pleasure center to that part of your brain that is that is um, looking at pornography, right? Whether you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter. It starts connecting that. And then that becomes a really strong bridge point. And it becomes a point where that's where that for that pleasure, that's what it's thinking of all the time, because it's it's like you built a super highway between that part of your brain, right? Which is why it's one of the harder ones to get over. Now, this is any addiction as well. It doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, drugs, alcohol, or anything. Is that you will look for that? You know, like even social media addictions and stuff like that. Like you love the dopamine hit every time you get a like, or you get a sub, a new subscriber or anything like that. You love that dopamine hit, right? Like like tap that right in there. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what your brain's doing. Um, so, uh, it took, it took a quite, quite a while. It takes quite a while to rewire that part of your brain. Right. And you have to be diligent. And the other thing with like, uh, AAA programs or anything like that, it's like the first thing you have to realize is you are powerless to do anything about this. You need divine help. You need God's help in order to go through this like this that's part of the 12 step program even now i never took a 12 and community you can't just yeah yeah and community yeah. and you know what being honest with your spouse right mm -hmm. that's that that'll help right there and and years ago i was honest with brandy and and it crushed her it broke her um it, it was, it, it was, that was the most disappointed I'd ever been in myself. And the fact that I had hurt my wife by doing something that was hidden. That sucked. Right. Cause you yeah. are, you are, you know, it's, it's easy to hide. It is so incredibly easy to hide. And, and it stays hidden then because you, you know how that once it comes out, it's going to be a big deal. Oh, exactly. Right. And so, you know, and, and, and so it's just like, you know what, I will never do this again because, right. I don't want to hurt my wife. Now I'm not going to say that I was never tempted. No, I still was. And there are days that happen and it's like my brain triggers and it's like, 
hey, why don't you go watch some porn? I'm like, no, I mean, I'm really dedicated to my wife now. And this, this connection in my brain has to be killed. Right. I need God to step in. And so it's like, I will, I will, you know, start focusing on God more. I will start, you know, so I, 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 you know, listen to a lot of Christian podcasts. I, you know, fill that void with God. And that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it doesn't happen as much. Well, it's and, rewriting the pathways, right? That exactly, right. Like and it's that. and it's just like you look at you look at an alcoholic um, with with addiction. Um, don't don't ever go into a bar again. Um, you look at you know don't you know a drug a drug addict don't do drugs again, stuff like that. It's like, but when you 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 look at our media and everything that's around us now the lust the lust addiction is a harder one to kick because you look at movies uh, that movies that you watch like like I, I love watching anime but there is a ton of anime that I cannot watch because if I cannot watch it with my wife being in the room I shouldn't be watching it myself yeah and it's and it hasn't and it's not like anime that is like all about sex this is just like any anime and it's just like there's you know they they draw them in a certain way <laughs> right and they yeah some of them i guess yeah yeah and so it's like i i really am very picky about what kind of anime i watch it's like nothing over like even even some of the the rating of pg-13 it's just like i'll give it an episode or two and if it's something i can't watch in front of my wife I won't watch it. Right. Uh, that's a good policy. I watch so I'll be honest, I watch shows that she doesn't like, but it's mostly there's violence and stuff. Like uh, I can kind of, and I don't know, I'm not sharing that that's a good thing, but, <laughs> but I, you know, the walking dead, it's, it's still kind of, you know, that show kind of freaks me out mm. and I don't find it. I don't find the the gore or the violence to be attractive to me. I find it horrible, but mm -hmm. um, the, the the stories and the people I still really like. But uh, any everyone has their things, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, I yeah, no. It's a it's a bad road to go down where you're watching something that if your wife came and saw, you'd have to turn it off or change. You know, that's yeah, or your phone. Like I know I've talked to some guys who when they're struggling don't even have a phone or give wife their wife control of their phone because they mm -hmm. can't control themselves and they gotta somehow take steps yep. to prevent those things um well thanks for being so honest that's actually a really big deal i think the more christians share their honest struggles like that the better because it it brings things to light and um when we hide it in the darkness is when it's just doesn't nothing changes and nothing grows absolutely i think we all absolutely. need to do that more yeah and i'm no different than you i think every dude has a story growing up um like when i was young the first time i saw something in a magazine uh i was little driving a bike and we found a box full of 
magazines just off the side of the road. Yeah. In a bush or whatever. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Who does that? That was, that was, <laughs> well, I, so I don't know, but everybody gracious. has that story of the box of yeah. corn on the side of the road. So how can we, okay, well, I'm going to share a bit of my concept now, and then we'll try to piece together something for how to, how do we teach our boys this? How do we, or our, our kids, I guess. Our kids, yeah. Because um, that one thing, I, so we've already established that um, liking how someone looks is not lust. That's normal. Also, I want to establish something super important because you mentioned that you're tempted. And I want to make sure everyone understands that being tempted is not a sin either. At all. Yes. So even if you get close to it, it's not a sin. You think, oh, no. And you know why? Because Jesus was tempted in every way the same as we are. Yes. And yet without sin. Mm -hmm. So temp being tempted is not a sin. So that that can offer us hope too. Um and don't let the devil trick you into thinking that you did something wrong when you're you see something beautiful and you're tempted to have that thought. You still haven't sinned. You can there's still a place to go back. You can still stop and say, No, this is not for me right now. Yeah. Um and I'll be honest, I I have had lots of victory in this. And part of it's because of allowing myself to just appreciate women in a different way. Hmm. Um, and I can actually find myself even admitting in my mind that a woman's attractive or pretty or those things. Um without ever wanting to tap that <laughs> at all yeah at all like and i don't know if parts part of its age or part of it's just like the like the rewiring of my brain uh, my wife in the chat says every addictive behavior needs to be replaced with a new healthy habit that's yeah you can't just leave a hole there yeah uh, and uh so i it's changing the way you think about this stuff can really make a difference. So one of the things I I find when I'm talking with other guys who like to be perverted, and it's usually someone younger, they'll be in their 40s or something, and they're looking at a, someone that could be their daughter. Yeah. I'm like, you're weird, man. Like, that could be your daughter. Like, that's wrong. Like, you're a freak, man. Like, I, I don't... I don't yeah, no, I do say that because that's that's creepy. Like if you're no, those kind of things, I, and I don't go out of my way to make people feel super perverted, but that scares me that thought. But that in my brain, that's one of the things. So I'm never gonna look at a younger woman and think sexual thoughts because that's that's actually a step towards being a sicko, isn't it? So that's how I think. So that helps me. And mm. um, also having empathy and <clears throat> caring about a person first as a person. Like if, if, if I don't know what they're going through in their life, these women, maybe they've been abused. Maybe they've just lost a loved one. And the love of Jesus compels me to care about that person 
mm-hmm. on a deeper level. And I have allowed myself to be friends to a certain extent and to care about women. I'm not scared to care for them and care about them. Um, and and it changes my perspective. I don't think about sexual things because I'm actually caring about their person and asking them about their kids or about their family or about their, their loved ones. Um, I don't find myself thinking that. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this that there's hope because I've, I've seen a lot of men who are always in the struggle, which also I will say is good, which is weird to say, but if you are struggling with lust, that's better than giving in all the time. Mm. So most people I know in the world don't struggle with lust. They just lust as much as they want. Unbridled sexual desire. That's the definition of lust. If you struggle with it, then you still have a conscience and the Holy Spirit is still working in your heart to help you do better. So that actually, I should give you a clap, like, good, keep it up. But also, I think there's hope for better. I think there's there's hope for the future where we don't have to, where the, when uh, there's an ad on a bus or an ad on the television, that we don't always have to jump into defensive mode. Yeah. We can notice something and say, yeah, there's that. And go on with their lives instead yeah. of focusing on something that's going to draw us into uh, unbridled sexual desire. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think of that whole concept? Well, I, yeah, I like, yeah, that, um, that we have to, the best way I can describe it as um, God made people in his image. And so, like, God made Brandy for me, right? We, the two became one flesh. Brandy and I are a couple. Um, everybody else, right, uh, man, woman, doesn't matter, are still in the image of God and it says that we have to love God and love our neighbors. Um, but we have to respect them as well. Right? Like love your neighbors. He says not love your neighbors. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's the image of God everywhere. So that, that, that person is an image bearer of God as a matter, um, race, sex, or anything like that. That is another image of God. So respect it as an image of God uh, is is one of the best ways that I can describe um, how I look at it. Is like that is I mean, another, they're a real person. That's, that's the that's thing. A, that's another copy of God, right? Yeah. Because God, God did that. I mean, he's like, let's go down and make people. And he did. And here we are. <laughs> And we're all different, right? Because, yeah, God likes variety. And think about, here's another perspective from Christian feminist perspective. If me as a man can never overcome this desire to always have an unbridled sexual desire for every woman I see, think of what I'm missing out 
from having a relationship, a professional platonic relationship. I'm not saying one-on-one. I'm not saying go take some lady out from work for coffee every day. I'm saying just developing a rapport and a friendship with someone of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. If, if, if there's always lust involved, you're missing out on learning from and loving that person and pouring into their life in some way. And it's, it's actually very detrimental in that sense. Yeah. It it can be because, you know, we do, we do have, we do have friends who I have, um, uh, uh, I've got friends that are of the opposite sex and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, sometimes they ask, you know, for my opinion or something like that. It hasn't happened for a long time. Um, cause we've all gotten older and all matured and now we have our own opinions. <laughs> uh, but it, it was the, it's, it's, it's the thing of, um, Yes, you're right that, that we want to have a good working relationship, want to be able to speak into. And it's the same thing. It's just like they're, they they I want them to be able to speak into my life as well. And, you know, because they'll have a different perspective, uh, mm-hmm. like women have a different perspective uh, than guys do as far as as anything, really. And it's, so it's always good to have have that that extra perspective uh, and which, which is great. Um I will say though that that um, uh, I did look up the Billy Graham rule that you talked about, and that's where uh, you're not alone with somebody of the opposite sex, no matter no matter your convictions, right? And I'm like, that's that's true, and and I can totally get behind that. Like, um, I will not meet with with a female uh, from our church or otherwise without my wife or somebody else that I trust being there like on our own. I won't do that. I just won't. Um, and it's not that I can't control, uh, my undes- you know, my, my sexual desires or anything like that. It is a safety thing on both ends. Like, uh, we had to do, uh, for, for our church in order to be, in order to work even with children. Cause I, I also led like a children's worship team and stuff. We had to do a plan to protect, um, uh, thing. Uh, course and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like you cannot be alone yeah, with a child. You, yeah, everybody has to do this, right? Uh, if you work at a, if you work at a, a church or anything like that, you, you really need to take this course. And and it's and it's just that. And it's even like uh, in the studio, I have got security cameras in here, so that if I happen to have like like uh, like somebody else in here, um, and I'm tracking their vocals or whatever, that security camera is running. And it's like, no, this is not to protect me. This is to protect us, both of us, right? Like my wife, my wife's uh, salon that we have in the house, there's a security camera in there too. Why? To protect everybody, right? So somebody can't come around and say, you did this or this, this person did this or whatever, right? No, the camera's always running, right? And so that way there's no... It's, it's, you need, you need the impartial third party there, right? Just to keep everybody safe. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's a reality of our world, right? It is. Cause you know, you gotta, and I I know the Billy Graham rule. It's, I don't like using that term even because no, I didn't even know what um, it was. And I'm just like, and I I think it's, (laughs) it can be taken to a lot of extremes and sometimes it's even very, 
a toxic idea, but from a practical sense, uh, it makes sense to protect both parties absolutely from things happening because it's yeah. happened too often. Yes, but I think also it's created a fear in men who are struggling with women and they're like, it's like the woman is the toxic thing they have to stay away from. Uh, in some <laughs> cases it's like, no, like, yeah, like Scarlet letter and, uh, Oh no, I can't. And, and all the emphasis ends up being placed on the women being this object of desire and the men just, well, I can't help it. I'm made that way. And a lot of that garbage comes from, uh, I'll be honest, uh, Dr. Dobson is someone we grew up with mm. who created a whole lot of things um, and passed them off as actually gospel truth and science when it was not that. Mm -hmm. Like men are, we're not, we don't, we're not visually stimulated and women are not. Like that's all just stuff that people made up. We are visually stimulated, but everyone is. Both like it's it. not, yeah. that's pseudoscience that he made up to make. Uh, an excuse for men yeah. who, well, I can't help myself. So uh, you have to dress appropriately, basically wear a nun's outfit or else <laughs> it's your fault that I lost. That's what purity culture is. And that's a whole nother topic we probably don't have time to delve into. But um, I want to offer hope, I guess. And the reason why is I want people to be able to have I guess, good relationships with their spouses and with other people mm -hmm. um, without that barrier there. Without, I, and I think it can be done. I think there's victory um, through all kinds of ways. Uh, you've, you went, you took courses and I'm sure you read books and I have too. And everyone has a process um, to work through this. I think there's victory and I, um, I don't think you have to go so far as what Jesus said to gouge your eye out or anything. No. I think you just got to start caring about it and start doing something about it and talking about it with someone. Yeah, I can just take my glasses off. Someone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am so blind <laughs> that I could just take my glasses off and I'm blind. <laughs> well, and even valuing, I don't think it's right to even value just your spouse in this way. I don't think it's right to have unbridled sexual desire from my wife of 30-some years. I, I I have to think beyond that. Her yes. as a person and care about all those things. Like, if that's oh, all your life's about, that's that's terrifying. No, no. I, I mean, Paul, I mean, like, Paul said it the best. Um, I can't remember which, which one it was, but, it was like, Paul was like, okay, so as a married couple, you do it for a while. And then you go and pray. And then you come back and do it again. <laughs> I heard that from one comedian who was, he's like, God, God was, God was about, yep, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, you, you are allowed to have sex with your wife if you both agree to it. But, you know, also remember to keep God in the, in, in the, in the, uh, in the equation. So it's like, do it, pray, maybe pray some more and then go do it again. <laughs> well what more do we want to say what's the law we can't do this all night no but well we could but we can't um what's one thing that you want to convey that's uh you 
the most important thing you want to get across right now? Um, most important thing that I want to get across is that, uh, be mindful of who you are, be respectful to others. I would say is, is, is the most important thing. Like respect the other person. Um, if you're married, stay true to your, stay true to your wife. You loved each other before um don't fall for the easy way out in divorce which was like mm -hmm. the next part of this same scripture um due due to your sexual desires for somebody else um because that just hurts everybody yeah so, there's lots of fallout yeah there's lots there's lots of fallout so yeah my my most important thing is that um respect your spouse um stay within your boundaries no um yeah i don't know being respectful to everyone that's i mean that's it sounds really simple but it actually is the baseline for all of this like just if you yeah. if you're just thinking about doing it with everything then you're not respecting them at all you're thinking about your own desires there's an utter selfishness about it mm -hmm. and that's so disrespectful yeah and that's no, i that's, love you i want you only for what you could give me yeah and that's not what jesus was about and that's not what jesus was saying with that 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 you know you, you or that was what Jesus was saying is that you have to be respectful to everybody because this is the way. Yeah. This is the man would say. That's right. Yeah. And I, I, if I want to leave with anything, it's not about guilt. I want to leave people with some hope. If you like how, if you like how the, a certain, the opposite sex looks, that's okay. That's how God made you. If you're tempted to have sex with them in your brain, that's that's not okay, but it's not a sin yet. You can still stop something there, mm -hmm. and uh, I know I real I people might disagree on this one, but I think that we need to learn to be just platonic friends with other people, and it doesn't mean you got to go out for coffee with them alone. I said, but I just I think we should have more friends. I don't think we should be scared to care about people. What, one quick thing from college, I remember. Because uh, college, everyone's full of hormones, and they're so paranoid that they're going to uh, all start having sex at college. But this is in Bible school. Um, one of the deans did this talk, and he had this chart that showed um, different levels. So there's emotional, mm -hmm. uh, physical, and spiritual. He had those three things. And he said, if you're a couple and you grow your spiritual, it'll make all the other ones come along with it, he said. And so I'll tell you at the outset, I think this was garbage. Mm -hmm. I think this is made up BS. So what he was suggesting was if you're too close spiritually or too close emotionally, the physical will automatically come along with it. And... I look back on that and think, how, where do you get this from? Mm -hmm. He's basically saying that it's impossible for a man and woman to ever be friends without wanting to do it. Yeah. 
And I, I don't, I, I don't believe that. I have friends that I love, people from my home group and stuff. When we helped move last weekend, I love her dearly. I tell her that to her face. I hug her and I say, I love you so much. And I tell her why I love her and what I admire about her. I'll do it in front of my wife. I'll do it whenever. And there's not a speck of disrespect or anything else other than just Christ-like love for this person. And I have a few people like that in my life. And I think it's doable. I don't, and it, there's no, I don't know. I think there's hope for something better. I think we can work towards it. I mean, if you disagree, that's fine. Hey, react this to this stuff, you people out there listening in listening land. Um, we need you to, we don't need you to be here live for the recording. I mean, it's cool if you can. But um, we do have a few other options. So there's, you can comment on the YouTube page. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at moreaboutjesus3. You could email us moreaboutjesus21 at gmail.com. Um, there's lots of ways. And we have a Discord. So anywhere you're, you're listening to this uh, on a podcast form, or if you're watching on YouTube, there's links down below that will take you to our Discord. So uh, just join us. Be a part of that. Um, you don't have to. If you just listen quietly, and uh, that's fine too. We're not trying to build an audience. We're here just trying to um, work together. Two guys that might not agree on everything, but we we love Jesus. And uh, we love each other because we're family. But also, I think if we weren't family, we'd love each other too, right? Oh, yeah. I think we'd have fun. <laughs> yeah, because we're both nerds too. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so yeah. Um, so until the next time you listen to us, uh, join us in the discussion and in trying to make our lives a lot more about Jesus. Amen. And hope to see you all later. Mm-hmm.